hospitality so much. Thank you, every one of you. Perfect. Are we ready? Great. Yeah, the water is on the way.
there's a verse that goes like this. God will judge the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. Now, for some people, that's a threat. But when you've been cultivating a secret life in God, that becomes a promise. One of these days, the secrets are going to come out. One of these days, Jesus is going to stand in the presence of the angels and call you his friend. And he's going to talk about the secret friendship that you've had. Nobody knew what you had cooking on the inside. But one day, the secrets are coming out. My son, Joel, who, by the way,
Jesus for you and your generation. All right, because Kyle's generation is a little bit wobbly on their eschatology. If you understand what I'm talking about. Eschatology is just a fancy word, Elijah, for doctrine of the church. And your your generation just doesn't really get church. They don't, you know, and so I'm going to tell you why I go to church. Now, I got a bunch of reasons why I go to church, but this is my number one reason. It's from Psalm 122, I think. Sean will help us find it. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. The psalmist is talking about the feasts. Three times a year, the Jews were required to make pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the feasts. And the psalmist goes, when it was time for the feast, just high-five my neighbor and go, hey, bro, kiss the soil of Jerusalem for me when you get there. And, and here's 20 bucks. Stop at McDonald's on the way and have lunch on me. The psalmist gathered his family, wrestled down his calendar, and when it was time for the feast in Jerusalem, the psalmist goes, my feet were in the gates. I go to church to make a statement. I want my feet to be planted in the house as a statement before heaven. When God's people gather together to glorify your name, to make a statement before principalities and powers, and to be light in the community, my feet were in the house. I want the dust on my shoes to get left in the carpet, and I want the dust in the carpet to get on my shoes as a testimony in the presence of heaven that when God's people gather together to gather around Father's table, enjoy him and enjoy one another, my feet were in the house.
its tabernacles. It's okay to laugh at the preacher's jokes tonight. I'm totally joking, but I don't go to church to get fed. I've got a source in God. Listen, Jesus didn't die for you to live off one meal a week. He died to give us a rich, abundant source in his heart. Have you ever gone to church and had to work to try to get fed by the pastor's sermon? <laughs> or whoever the preacher is. You know, you're sitting there and you're like, okay, Lord, I'm really trying to get fed right now. It's, it's just, you know, he's, he's talking about ministering to children, but I, I know that there's something here for me tonight, today. But when you get a rhema in the secret place, you don't have to labor to get it to apply to your life. It comes with your name on it. It hits you in your chest. It explodes in your heart. Your spirit comes alive. Your eyes light up. Your breathing gets faster. And now you're like, I think I can live for another 40 days in my wilderness. Because you received the words of his mouth. So I'm talking about the secret place tonight. This is better, ladies and gentlemen. This is better than a, than a podcast. This is better than a conference. This is better than a book. It's better than a CD. It's better than a YouTube playlist. What I'm talking about tonight is sitting at his feet, hearing the words of his mouth, being fed and nurtured. Because when he gives you a word from his mouth, it sustains you. It strengthens you. It addresses exactly where you're living. And I'm going to try to talk about it in a way that gets you hungry tonight. Now, I've used a word so far that Greek word, look. 
to the original text or email Kevin. For example, in the beginning was the word John 1. Logos. Matthew 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That one was Rhema. We live by the Rhemas of his mouth. A common definition that many have used to distinguish them, we have often said, Logos is the written word. Rhema is the spoken word. And below that standard definition is the Bob Sorky homemade definition. <laughs> a Logos is a Rhema God gave somebody else. Let me explain what I mean. When the writers of Scripture got their message, it came to them straight from heaven. It was Rhema. Sat their heart on fire. And they're like, I'm going to write that one down. They wrote it down. Then they gave it to us. And when we got it, we got Logos. They got Rhema because they got it from heaven. We got Logos because we got it from them. When you get a Rhema and share it with somebody else, it kind of gets downgraded to a Logos because they're not getting it from heaven. They're getting it from you. You can't give anybody a Rhema. The only way to get a rhema is direct from heaven to your own heart through the Logos, but it comes from the heart of God through the Logos straight to your heart. And now, rhema. Maybe you've experienced this kind of thing. Uh, you were in the Logos. Spirit of Revelation, that's Ephesians 1.17. The Spirit of Revelation comes upon you and you see something in the Word. You're like, I have never seen this verse in all my life. I've only read it 200 times. I've just never seen it. Suddenly, under Revelation, you are seeing something about Jesus you've never seen before. Your faith is ignited. Your love comes alive. Your heartbeat, your cheeks flush. Your eyes light up. And you're like, that's my answer. I've been asking God for 10 years. I just got my answer. This is better than Starbucks. This will jazz you. You are so jazzed. You just got the best grandma you've gotten in 10 years. You call your friend up and you're like, I just got the best grandma I've gotten in 10 years.
and you just want to slap her. What kind of a backslidden, dull-hearted, sluggish, Laodicean age believer are you? I just gave you the best rhema I've gotten in ten years. But remember, you got rhema, she got love. secret. The 
the spirit of revelation will come on me. He'll give me a kiss from his of his word. It'll light my eyes a little bit. It'll give me sustenance for the journey. I know if I'll just keep on sowing, I'll eventually reap. Once you have been awakened to Rima, once you have tasted a Rima, when you have tasted what this preacher is talking about tonight, where the spirit of revelation comes on the word and quickens it to your heart and brings you alive to the word of God. Once you've tasted Rima, you become a Rima junkie. You're like, that's it. I'm ruined. I've got another one of those. And now you don't care what you have to do to get another one. You'll pay any price to get another one of those sweethearts. So now, like, if I have to sew for three days, if I have to sew for three weeks, if I have to sew every day for three months, if I have to sew every day for three years, I don't care. Every day at his feet, every day in the logos, every day sowing to the word, because I know a secret. If I'll just keep sowing, one of these days it's going to happen. The spirit of revelation is going to come upon me. He's going to speak something through the word. It's going to sustain me, carry me, enrich me, feed me. My heart will come alive. My faith will ignite. My love will flame again because of the words of his mouth. It's rhema that awakens us to the word. There
generalization now, but the body of Christ globally has yet to be awakened to what we have in God's Word. Happens to me all the time, Seth, I bet you it happens to you as well. I'll go someplace and I'll announce a scripture. I'll say, would you turn in your Bibles with me this morning, please, too? And then I'll give a reference. Turn in your Bibles to Acts, whatever. And the people sit and stare at me. the lyric on the screen, 
service they are singing Ephesians 3. I was just in Ephesians 3. Now I'm finding Ephesians 3. The scripture is intersecting with the lyric and setting my heart on fire. When you're awakened to the word, it goes with you everywhere. Somebody goes, well, my pastor now puts all the verses on the screen when she preaches. I guess I don't need to bring my Bible to church anymore. Excuse me. 
through in Revelation 1, 2, 3, because I was reading the red. So if it was red, I was doing it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm in this season of consecration, just immersing myself in the Gospels over and over in the words of Christ. And as I'm doing this, a certain word begins to pop off the page at me. He said it there. He said it there. He said it there, there, there. And again, and again, and again. And I'm like, Jesus used that word a lot. Here came the rhema. It's the most important word in the whole Bible. about to share with you the most important word in the whole Bible. Really. Really. And I don't even care if you agree. <laughs> because when you get a rhema from the mouth of Jesus, you're not that moved by people's opinions. You might like it, you might not like it, you might agree with it, you might disagree with it. It doesn't really move me that much. I got this one in my pit of darkness. I got this one from the mouth of Jesus. This one kept me alive in my pit, and I'm not that moved by your opinion on it. So think of it what you will. It was rhema for me. Jesus said of Mary, he said, she has chosen the good part and it will never be taken from her. Nobody can steal your rhema. Ben, you'll never be able to talk me out of this one.
is a verse that goes, Hear, O Israel, you shall love the Lord your God. Somebody goes, well, I don't really agree with that. I think the most important word in the Bible is faith. There is a verse that goes, faith comes by. Everything in the kingdom of God is predicated on hearing. When you hear, now you can understand. When you hear, now you can believe. When you hear, now you can obey. When you hear, now you know what decision to make. When you hear, now you know whether to date that girl. When you hear, now you know whether to move to Spokane and take that job. Everything opens in the kingdom of God when you hear from his mouth. What? Listen to this one. One word from the mouth of Jesus can be so significant that it is worth waiting a lifetime to hear it. So when I go to the secret place, I'm not going primarily to talk. I'm going to listen. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm as much a motor mouth as you are. Yes, I talk to God. I've got things to say to God just like you. But that's not my primary agenda. My agenda, when I go to the secret place, is not to tell him what's on my mind. I want to find out what's on his mind. I'm not just trying to dump everything I'm thinking. I want to know what are you thinking. When I talk, nothing happens. When God talks, universes come into existence. Things don't change when I talk to God. Things change when God talks to me. Everything in life can change with one word from the mouth of God. So this is what I'm after in the secret place. I want to hear the words of his mouth. Now, I've got, I've got a favorite here verse, and uh, Sean already has it on the screen for us. Luke 8.18 is my favorite here verse because it's got our sweet little word here in it. And it's 
want you to notice here, Sheila, is the word how. Take heed how you hear. And the answer is in the verse. Why? Because if you're careful how you hear, so that you receive it, retain it, live it, do it, believe it, act upon it, make it a part of your eternal history, cherish it, hold on to it. If you hear it like that, he says, I'll give you more. This principle is so important to me for one reason. I want more. I may be the greediest guy in the room tonight, although I have the distinct impression I have some competition. There's some greedy souls in the room tonight, but I want more, and I've learned a secret. It's right on, on the screen right now. The secret, Judy, the secret is this. If you want to get more rhemas from the mouth of Jesus, you must demonstrate yourself a faithful steward of those he's already given you. If you will be a faithful steward of the rhemas he's given you, he goes, I'll give you more. He's like, I gave you a rhema five years ago. It's fallen off your screen. It's dusty. It's in disrepair. You've mostly forgotten it. You're not really cherishing it and living it anymore. If that's how you valued the rhema I gave you last time, why should I give you another? If you want another rhema, you must demonstrate that the last one was so valuable to you, so precious to you, that you did everything in your power to pull it into your heart. Retain it, remember it, live it, cherish it, believe it, pray it, sing it, give thanks for it, act on it, do it. And he says, then I'll give you more. This principle is so important to me, but I'm just going to talk about it a little bit more. <clears throat> Sheila, throw me that football, please. Thank you. <clears throat> I get an illustration
drops it. And Mahomes goes, ah, give the guy another shot. Throws him a second ball, and the receiver drops it. And Mahomes is like, bro. Third time's a charm. Here we go. Number three throws him the ball the third time, and the receiver drops it. If I'm the quarterback in that story, I'm like, that's the last ball I'm throwing your direction. If you want the quarterback to throw you the football, you must demonstrate that you have hands. And if you want the Holy Spirit to throw you a rhema, you must demonstrate a proven track record of catching rhemas. If you catch them, he'll throw you another. Luke 8, 18.
where it's going to come first. Whatever direction, know where it's going to come from. I don't know how hard the guy's running. I don't know how big the guy is. And I don't know where on my body I'm going to take the hit. All I know is it's coming.
And so here's what I do to catch footballs from the Holy Spirit. When I'm in a prayer meeting, I always have three things. A Bible, a notepad, and a pen. And you're going, Bob, what's the deal? I'll tell you the deal. When I'm in a prayer meeting and I'm praying the word, because that's what I do in prayer meetings, I pray the word. When I'm praying the word in a prayer meeting, I get some of my best footballs in prayer meetings. I'm praying the verse. I'm pushing on it. I'm excavating it. I'm, I'm just going, I'm, I'm putting pressure on it. I'm speaking it. I'm singing it. I'm back. I'm twisting it. I'm just doing everything with that verse. As I'm praying the verse, the spirit of revelation sometimes comes on me, and he, believe it or not, will throw me a football in a prayer meeting. If he throws me a football in a prayer meeting, I am going to catch that sweetheart, write it down on my notepad. First thing I do when I go home from sit down to my laptop, tap that sweetheart into my journal, and then I copy-paste it into my topical library. I've got a topical library in my laptop. Don't you love laptops? I've got a topical library in my laptop that I, I just put every entry according to topic. Oh, that's a thought on humility. It goes in my humility file. That's an insight on the life of David. It goes in my David file. Ooh, that's from Zechariah 4. It goes in my Zechariah 4 file. I've got hundreds of files in my laptop according to topic that through the years are just scores of pages of stuff I've collected. So everything that I receive from the Lord is in my journal, then it's in my topical library. And then I have a system of reviewing my journal. Because if I just put it in my journal and then forget about it, it's gone. The only way, Sean, that this feeble thing here can hold onto any football the Holy Spirit gives me, I have to write it down, put it in my journal, and then review. When I'm in a meeting such as we're in right now, where the Word of God is being taught, preached, proclaimed in whatever fashion, I always have three things with me. My Bible, a notepad, and a pen. You will not find me in a congregational setting where the Word of God is being taught without three things. And you're like, Bob, what's your deal? I'll tell you. God forbid that I be in a meeting where the Word of God is being preached, taught, proclaimed, and in the middle of the meeting, believe it or not, Susan, in the middle of the sermon, the Holy Spirit interrupts the preacher's message and throws me a football. And I'm like, if I get a football in a meeting, I 
sweetheart, write that baby down on my notepad. I go straight home from the meeting, right to my laptop, type it into my journal, copy-paste it into my top of the library, and then review. When I'm in the secret place, Larry, I always, did I say always?
what I'm going to ask you to do. Get some oil in your hand and not just a little dab. Okay, get yourself a little puddle of oil in your hand. And then we are going to anoint with oil anyone that would like us to bless your secret place relationship with Jesus. If you would like some fresh oil in your secret place relationship, we believe that oil represents the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we believe by faith that when we receive anointing of oil in the name of Jesus, that the Holy Spirit himself enters into it and actually touches us in a, in a, in a real palpable, impactful way because our faith is ignited. Our faith is like, I just got the oil of the Holy Spirit on me. Our faith comes alive and we receive more from the Lord. And so this is a biblical way that strengthens our faith and just helps us to receive more from the Lord. So before you go home tonight, if you would like us that Pastor Lonnie will choose. If you would like to receive anointing with oil, we will anoint you with oil. We will bless you. We will ask. And, and here's, here's some of the things that we want to ask the Lord to do for you tonight. And while I've got the mic, I'm going to just say it. May the Holy Spirit fall upon you tonight. May the Holy Spirit come upon you. May the dove of heaven rest upon you when you have the word open in front of you. May he addict you to the kisses of his mouth. May you taste rhema. May the word of Christ come alive inside of you. Or maybe to say it better, may you come alive to what's in his word. May the regenerative power of the Holy Spirit be on your secret place relationship. May there be fresh momentum. May you have grace from heaven to carve out the time. May you have a, an appetite, a desire to go after his word and to press into his word for the ramus of his mouth. May you catch every football he sends your way. May you have grace to hear it, retain it, believe it, live it, do it, make it a part of your eternal history so that he might give you more. We're asking that there would be fresh momentum in your secret place relationship with Jesus, that by faith that there would be a difference after tonight, a difference in your personal love life with Jesus Christ. May this blessing be yours in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. May you have wisdom in the Holy Spirit to go get wood every day of your life and keep putting wood on the altar 
sow, grace to sow, grace to sow, so that you 